0: Well, thank you, Singhi for the reading, reading scripture for us. We appreciate your solid and strong reading of God's word. Okay. Well, if you're visiting with us for the first time today, welcome to Grace Baptist Church as we worship at our temporary venue here, at the Chapel of the Holy Spirit. To my beloved family and friends in Christ, good afternoon, welcome. Now, today, I'm delighted to serve you by preaching the second of five messages for our Great Commission The Great Commission given to us by our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ tells us to make disciples. For this month, our emphasis is on making disciples by evangelism and making disciples by cross-cultural missions. So I commend to you the various activities that the Missions Committee and the Evangelism Team, or E-Team, working together have planned for us this month. Before we continue looking at God's Word, let's pray. Blessed Lord God, you have caused all scripture to be written for our learning. Grant us so that we, to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that encouraged and supported by your word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the joyful hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Saviour, Jesus Christ. You know who I'm talking about. You have met the difficult classmate who is rejected by the rest of the class. He is considered an outcast and no one cares for him. You know as a Christian you are to reach out to him. But to do so will be to identify with him. And to do so means you risk the same rejection by your classmate just because you are now friends with him. You know who I'm talking about. She is a superior at work who plays office politics. She offends others with her words and has sacrificed her colleagues and subordinates at the altar of a quest for success. She is often avoided by others. However, recently she has run into a great need. And you know, as a Christian, you have to reach out to her to care for her. But when she calls you for help, what happens? You struggle. You want to make an excuse just to avoid her. Christians like you and me, we are often reluctant to reach out to the rejects and outcasts around us. This is largely due to our selfish desires not to bring difficulties and discomfort onto ourselves. However, the costly love of Jesus Christ should motivate our love for outcasts and rejects. This costly love and so change us so that we can reach out to the lost, to the outcast, to the marginalized, with the same love. And this is what we see in today's story of Jesus. and Jesus demonstrated this costly love for rejects when he came to seek and save the lost. Christians, you and I are to be motivated and changed by Jesus' costly love for us. And as a result, we, are to, we can care for others and reach out to them. So let's jump into today's story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. I mean, this is a familiar Sunday school story. I remember many Sunday school uh, children will tell us, you know, this is a familiar story. They even have songs about this. And I was so tempted to actually get the worship team to actually sing one of the nursery songs, you know, as a song of response. But no, okay, we we'll avoid that. So it's a familiar story. But the problem with familiar story is that we tend to take it, um, take it because it's familiar. We tend not to see it well. We tend to just read it quickly and not notice what's in the text. So, let us look at today's story of Jesus and Zacchaeus, and let's go through this carefully. We see in verse one, he meaning Jesus, he entered Jericho and he was passing through. After Jesus' prediction in Luke chapter eighteen, verse thirty-one to thirty-four. Of his suffering and crucifixion. Jesus now makes his way to Jerusalem to fulfill God's purpose for him. And on his way to Jerusalem, Luke records verse two stories. The first story occurs just before this in Luke 18, 35 to 43, as Jesus was entering Jericho. Jesus here meets a blind man who oppressed and rejected. This blind man shows faith in Jesus Christ, the son of David, and is healed and receives his sight. The second story that we will be looking at today occurs in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10, the very passage we shall be looking at today. Here Jesus meets Zacchaeus, rich and oppressor of his people, but yet rejected. Can a rich man be saved? We recall Jesus meeting with a rich ruler in Luke chapter 18, verse 18 to 30, and how he said it is difficult for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Would Zacchaeus be saved? We see in these 10 verses, Jesus demonstrating a costly love for rejects and outcasts, and we see Zacchaeus' response. So Jesus enters Jericho, and was passing through. And the thing with narratives and stories is that a good storyteller will allow us to fill in the gaps in the story, either assuming that we are familiar with the cultural background or that we will fill in the gaps with our own certified imagination. And to take note of this, in the Asian Near East, and we do still see it in some cultures in Asia, when a person of fame and renown comes to the town, what happens? The people will often turn up in large numbers, to meet and receive this person. They will often go some distance outside the town to greet him. So picture with me, picture with me. As Jesus was entering Jericho, a large crowd goes out some distance outside of Jericho to receive him. A warm welcome, cheers, everyone is excited that Jesus is coming. And you can hear offers for Jesus to stay the night in Jericho. The expected custom is that a welcome teacher and rabbi will reciprocate the welcome. They expect that Jesus will stay the night and enjoy the hospitality of the town. However, Jesus enters the town and it becomes clear that he was passing through. He is not staying the night. At this point, you can almost picture with me in the story. We can hear some murmurs of disapproval by the crowd. Some people will perceive this as Jesus snubbing. And what happens next? What happens next? We see Zacchaeus entering the picture. We read in verses 2 and 3. Behold, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small. Enter Zacchaeus. One of the main characters of this story. We are introduced to Zacchaeus and you know his name actually means pure, clean, and righteous. You know what irony, right? Okay? We see that he is hardly regarded to be so by his neighbours and the townsfolks, for he is the chief Chief tax collector. We know that Israelites associate sinners and tax collectors together because the tax collectors often work together with the oppressor Roman government to collect taxes from the countrymen. And not only is Zacchaeus a tax collector, he is what? He is the chief tax collector. So if you are a small tax collector, you are hated. If you are a chief tax collector, You are hated many times more. And Jericho sits on an important section of the east-west trade route through Israel and was an ideal location to collect taxes. So Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. He was in charge of tax collection for the town. And the next phrase there says that he was rich. Why did Luke include this detail in there? It shows that Zacchaeus has taken advantage of his position. You scheme off the tax takings, and he has made a tidy profit from it. He wasn't really well liked or welcomed by his fellow townsfolk. In fact, Zacchaeus was despised. This is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus hears of Jesus and finds out that he was coming to Jericho, curious to see who this famous rabbi and teacher was. Zacchaeus set up to find a spot by the roadside. But the text tells us, Luke tells us, he was small in stature. Okay, it's a politically correct term of saying that he was short. So Zacchaeus is short. Okay? And he could not see beyond the crowds. Well, let us pause here for a while and picture the scene. Here was someone despised by his neighbours. He stands at the back of the crowd and because he is so short, he cannot see. So, what would Zacchaeus do? Zacchaeus could have gone, um, Excuse me, uh, please let me through, and try to push his way to the front. But what is the likely response of the crowd? They have taken this opportunity to express their dislike and anger at him. Angry glass, perhaps a few choice words. but I'm not supposed to say the words over the pulpit, but few choice words, you can imagine those, right? And they will draw together their shoulders, all these to prevent Zacchaeus from getting through to the front. It is not because short people cannot see Jesus, but because his neighbours are angry with him. He's rejected by them. They are getting back at Zacchaeus and preventing him Seeing. My question to us is this. Do we do this? Do you and I write some people off and reject them? Maybe he is an addict, and because his life is a mess, we do not want to become involved with him, because it will mean months of coming alongside him. Or maybe he is a poor foreign worker with needs, and we do not want to be involved with him because it could mean us giving. Or she could be a single mother struggling to raise her family alone. Her three children are a handful, and we do not want her children to influence our children. Or it could be someone who has time and again sinned against you and done you wrong, and we do not want this person in our lives. Let alone talk to them about Jesus. And because we reject them and we write them off, do we we prevent them from seeing Jesus? Do we prevent them from seeing Jesus by not making the effort to love and serve them? Do we prevent them from seeing Jesus by not proclaiming the gospel? In our hearts and in our behaviour, are we like the crowds looking back at Zacchaeus, preventing him from seeing Jesus? However, here enters Jesus. We see Jesus and Zacchaeus in verses four to seven. And we read, so he, means Zacchaeus, ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he meaning Jesus, was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man. Zacchaeus, though short, Is an enterprising man. I mean, after all, he is the chief tax collector. So he must have some smarts. He predicts the route that Jesus will take and he runs on ahead. He climbs a sycamore tree. Really take note. A sycamore tree is a species of fig. uh, This is where my biology botanist, zoologist, loving side comes out. And because it's a fig, in many towns of that time, They usually grow sycamore trees outside the town. So Zacchaeus plots the route that Jesus will take out of town and he climbs into a sycamore fig tree along the route that Jesus walked past. He hopes to see Jesus. So picture the scene with me. I have a picture here, a slide here, this will help. Here is Zacchaeus sitting on a low branch in the tree, above the heads of the crowd. Zacchaeus sees Jesus and the crowd approaching. And the crowd and Jesus sees Zacchaeus. And Jesus, looking up to him, says to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. How does Jesus know Zacchaeus' name? I mean, if you ask this to any Sunday school, they probably say, ah, Jesus is God, he knows everything. That's right, okay? Okay? Some commentators say that it's because Jesus is omniscient. Big word. He knows all things. And we know this to be true. Because if you recall, Jesus called to Nathanael to be his disciple in John 1. No one tells Jesus, but there Jesus in his omniscience sees Nathanael under the fig tree before Nathanael actually meets him. We see the account in John 1, Jesus showing his divine nature, that he is all-knowing. Here. I think there is a simpler answer that is faithful to the context. If you were one of the crowd and you see the most despised man in your town up in a tree, what would you do? Okay? Imagine your hated enemy up in a tree and you're with a large crowd and you see him up in a tree, what will you do? You can almost picture the scene they will have taken the opportunity to get back at Zacchaeus. There will be mocking and jeering directed at Zacchaeus. What is that dash, 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 In church, insert choice words of anger here, Tax collector and sinner Zacchaeus doing up the tree. You can almost hear the four-letter words and feel the mock anger being directed towards Zacchaeus. Yeah. In the midst of all this, Jesus, hearing Zacchaeus' name being really used by the crowd, Jesus, seeing their anger and rejection of him, calls out Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house. Jesus' response was remarkable. Because to stay and have meals was at someone's house during this time in first century Israel, was to fellowship with that someone. Jesus is going to fellowship with a known chief tax collector and sinner. And for us to understand the context, to know the context, to get the context, Jesus at this point was already leaving Jericho. He has burned the hospitality of the town to perhaps stay at the home of a respected leader or elder of the town. Now what does he do? Now he makes a and goes to the house of Zacchaeus. A known tax collector. The crowd was very really upset with Jesus for not accepting their hospitality to stay the night. And they were angry that Jesus is leaving the town. The crowd was angry with Zacchaeus and was expressing this anger towards him. Now Jesus, having spurned their hospitality, tells Zacchaeus that he must stay at the house. Jesus risks the anger of the crowd by seeking out Yes, And we, this is not far-fetched because we see the crowd's response in verse 7. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. We read this and oftentimes we just bypass this. We assume it's some kind of mild grumbling. It's like, oh, okay, you know, Jesus, yeah, you know, this, you didn't do the right thing, but my mind, it's okay. But it is angry grumbling that occurs here. The anger of the crowd is now transferred from Zacchaeus onto who? Onto Jesus. What would you have done if you were there? You, like me, we were probably kept quiet. You know, as long as the crowd is angry with Zacchaeus and not me, it's fine. You know, who knows, right? The crowd could act out on their anger and I don't want to put myself at risk. It could attack me. So I just keep quiet. Let them be angry with Zacchaeus. But not Jesus. Jesus shows costly love by seeking, reaching out to Zacchaeus. And in doing so, the anger of the crowd is now directed at Jesus. Jesus demonstrates costly love. The anger, the anger directed at Zacchaeus is now transferred onto Jesus. This is costly love. And what is Zacchaeus' response to such costly love? Zacchaeus hurried came down. Receive Jesus joyfully. The heart that understands that you have received such costly love responds joy. Real love is costly love. At its heart, real love is substitutionary sacrifice. Think about it. Think about it with me. If you show care and love to a colleague, overwhelmed with work at your office by helping him with his work, what you do then is to you sacrifice your time such that he has more time. Right? If you reach out to an outcast classmate rejected by the rest of the class, what you do is you risk being rejected by associating with him. You sacrifice the friendship of your classmates so that you can be a friend. Without cost, Real love is always substitution sacrifice, and costly. Jesus loves Zacchaeus so much that he acts to seek and receive Zacchaeus. He does this at the cost of receiving the anger directed at Zacchaeus by the crowds onto himself. Jesus shows his costly love for rejects and outcasts. Jesus loves you with the same costly love. For in a few days after this story with Zacchaeus in Jericho, Jesus demonstrates the depth of his costly love for us. There in Jerusalem, Jesus was arrested, beaten, crucified on a cross. And in doing so, Jesus shows his costly love for us. At the cross in our Jesus bears God's anger directed at our sins God's anger at sin that was due to us was transferred onto Jesus Jesus was our substitution Jesus acts to show his costly love towards us rejects outcasts and sinners at the cross we are spared God's anger and judgment on our sins and we are instead brought into fellowship with God the Father. So, what would you do? For those of us in our midst who have yet to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, what would you do? Will you, by faith, receive Jesus Christ and like Zacchaeus enter the jo- enter the joy of Jesus Christ? If you have not yet known Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, would you receive Jesus' costly love for you? If this is what you want to do, please approach any of the. Masters, elders, and teachers after the service. We'll be glad to talk to you about this. Zacchaeus responds immediately. Receive Jesus' costly love. And this costly love changed him. We read in verses 8 to 9. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, "Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham." faith faith in Jesus Christ is not explicitly mentioned in the text; not explicitly mentioned by Luke. His action and behavior shows its presence. His faith and repentance leads to a changed heart, which leads to changed action. Faith is trusting in Jesus Christ. Repentance means a turning away from your sins. Zacchaeus' encounter with Jesus changes the way he handles money, from taking advantage and oppressing people to serving him. As a result of meeting Jesus, Zacchaeus resolves to handle his money differently. Zacchaeus makes a promise before Jesus and the crowd, to give half his goods to the poor. And if you remember in the Old Testament, the people of God are commanded to only make a tithe of 10% of your wealth and goods. So Judaism at that time, in Jesus' time, is considered generous to give away 20% of your possessions. How much does Zacchaeus give? He gives away, gives away half, 50% of his goods Zacchaeus' action is remarkable. Zacchaeus shows a response of great generosity by giving away half his goods to the poor. In Jesus' time, the legal repayment for extortion was 20%. But you see here, Zacchaeus goes far beyond that and he makes a restitution of up to four times for defrauding his town folks. Zacchaeus by resolving to do this, by his action, is showing the thank offering expressive of a change and repentant heart. Zacchaeus rather have the joy of Jesus than the temporary satisfaction of a rich man. What is impossible for man is possible with God. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, Today, Salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. Zacchaeus is a Jew, a physical descendant from the line of Abraham. However, by his faith in Jesus Christ, Zacchaeus is also a son of Abraham by faith. For Galatians 3.7 says, For it is those of faith who are sons. Zacchaeus receives salvation because he receives Jesus Christ. He receives and accepts Jesus' costly love through faith. He, a rich man, enters. Um, Jesus' costly love for rejects like you and me is freely offered and comes as a grace gift from God. We see, however, in the example of Zacchaeus, that costly love received leads to a transformed life with changed behavior especially in how we use our money and resources. How do you use your money and resources? Look at your priorities. Does the use of your money and resources reflect a heart changed by the costly love of Jesus Christ for you? Do you give your resources joyfully to the poor? Do you contribute your money to the cause? This is our Great Commission Month. And we hear from our missions community that the giving for missions this year is running below the projected budget. This is our, our challenge. This is our opportunity to respond to this need with generosity. Let's support and give to our missionaries as they proclaim the gospel cross culturally in other nations. This is our Great Commission Month. And we hear from our evangelism team their efforts to meet the real needs of those who are needy in the community and beyond. This is our opportunity, opportunity to contribute our time, our energy, our resources, and partner with the evangelism team to love and serve our neighbour, and to take the gospel out to them. Explore and help in our church ministry to Grace Haven and in the Intuition Ministry. If you're you are interested, you can speak to members of the evangelism team after the service? Sorry, I just arrowed to you guys, but he will speak to you. Jesus ends his encounter with Zacchaeus in verse 10, announcing his missionary heart with what many considers the theme verse of the Gospel of Luke. Jesus tells us in verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is what Jesus Christ comes to do. Jesus comes to seek care for the lost. The outcast, the rejects, the marginalised of society. Jesus comes to seek rejects like Zacchaeus. Jesus comes to seek outcasts like you and me, lost in our sins. He goes out to search for us. Jesus comes to seek, save the lost. At the cross, Near the end of the Gospel of Luke, in Luke 23, 46, Jesus, dying on the cross, cries out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, Jesus breathed his last and dies on the cross. We see here, Jesus accomplishes the Father's death. By his death on the cross in our place, Jesus successfully completes God's plan of salvation for us. He accomplishes the forgiveness of our sins and save the lost. By Jesus. Jesus shows the Father costly love for us in his coming to seek to save the lost. This is our Great Commission man. The focus is on Jesus' commission to us in the Gospel and to make disciples by evangelism and by cross-cultural missions. The focus is that just as the Father sent Jesus to those who are lost, we too are to take the gospel out to those who are lost. However, I do want us to look beyond what we have to do in obedience to Jesus' commands. Why do we do what we do? What motivates our great commission? What motivates our mission's efforts? The heart of the great commission is the missionary heart of Jesus Christ. Christians are to be motivated and changed by Jesus' costly love for us, and as a result, reach out with the gospel to others. We see in today's story of Jesus with Zacchaeus that Zacchaeus did not collect taxes in his encounter with Jesus. Rather, he discovered how God cancels his spiritual debt. The one sent to seek and save the lost possesses the gift for those who respond. Faith. In Christ brings joy, forgiveness, and life transformation. Zacchaeus desired a glimpse of Jesus, but faith brought him much more. He brought Jesus to Zacchaeus' home to stay. He brought the lost rejected Zacchaeus back to fellowship with the Father. This costly love of Jesus Christ for rejects like us is the motivation. Obedience to the Great Commission. This is the costly love that compels us to take the gospel, even at great cost to ourselves, to take the gospel to the boss. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your costly love for. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ, your only beloved son, to seek and save the lost. We thank you for Jesus Christ and his costly love for us, that he loves us so much to save us. He dies on the cross in our place to save us from our sins. We pray that as a church, we'll be, gripped, we'll be so gripped by Jesus Christ's costly love for rejects like us, that we will be motivated to fulfill the great commission. I pray that as a church, we will increasingly reach out to serve and love our neighbours and be moved to make sacrifices and to proclaim the gospel of your sons, Jesus Christ, to the lost. We pray this for your glory.